Welcome to another edition of Alternative News brought to you by Romina Betsin and Andrew Irving from the Campaign for International Cooperation and Disarmament produced at the community radio station 3CR. In this week's program, we will review some of the high-profile issues of 2019 which we have covered in Alternative News through the year. February 2019 marked the 10-year anniversary of the 2009 Victorian bushfires, which was one of the most significant disasters Victoria has experienced. CICD would like to remember one of its nicest members and peace activist Barry Johnston, who has been described as thoroughly decent and nice person by so many. Barry was interested in education, was against the American war in Vietnam. He died in the shelter due to a lack of oxygen and accumulation of carbon monoxide. Our heart goes out to all those who died and their families and friends. The CICD would also like to remember a very close friend of ours, Senator Barney Cooney, who died peacefully with his family around him on the 9th of February. A great man, a fighter for social justice. As a young lawyer and advocate, he helped so many by creating opportunities for the voice of the voiceless and shared his wisdom with so many. On his feet in court and fighting in the Senate for working class Australians, a great defender of the union movement and advocate of workers' rights. He remained politically active till the very end. Barney was a great friend and supporter of the CICD and peace movement. He is survived by his wife Lillian and four of their five children. I could hear their voices calling As the plane rose in the sky I'd an aching heart and a tear in my eye When we said goodbye So good luck John Ellis has died at home with his partner Diana by his side on June 15th, 2019. John has been a long-time friend, comrade and activist for the peace movement and humanity. John Ellis will never be forgotten by anyone privileged enough to know him. His life's work will continue to serve future generations thanks to his vast and unique collection of photographs, documents, exhibitions, interviews and books recording the struggles of the many activists and movements he was involved in, which are now preserved forever in the Melbourne University archives. John was associated with the CICD in Melbourne from its earliest years. He attended many of its demonstrations and functions, camera in hand, capturing these events for all of us. His political activism and photography with an historical narrative, were bound together in John's life. It is through John's work that we have clear, engaging shots of demonstrations, marches, speeches and songs. His example motivates the rest of us to continue to struggle for the same, with the positive energy and inspiration shown by the remarkable John Ellis. A life well-lived, His legacy will live on. 
Dear comrade and friend, you can now rest in peace. fifteenth the Palestinian people and their allies around the world remembered seventy one years that displacement resulted from the founding of the State of Israel. Over four hundred villages, towns and urban centers in Palestine were ethnically cleansed of their homes. In May 1948, some 750,000 from the Holy Land, both Muslim and Christians, were expelled from their homes, never to return. Many of those families, men, women, children and the elderly walked for days to escape the death and destruction of the invading Zionist militias. This catastrophic loss of their homeland is what the Palestinians call the Nakba. But the Nakba never ended. It continues every day as Palestinians are expelled from their homes in East Jerusalem and the West Bank to be replaced by illegal Jewish-only settlements. It continues every day for Palestinians in Gaza who are trapped in a humanitarian crisis without adequate water or electricity as they are imprisoned in their lands. The Nakba demands justice. Well, the Liberals won the unwinnable election and now they are claiming they have a mandate to do anything and Scott Morrison is claiming that he will drive the agenda. This sounds arrogant, but the reality is the majority of Australians have voted Liberal. The ABC is an inevitable target. It certainly won't get the funds that it wants and needs. The fate of Indigenous Australians is even more disastrous. Based on new evidence, an Australian company, Electro-Optic Systems, EOS, is selling weapons to the United Arab Emirates and Saudi Arabia's armed forces. Both countries are backed by the United States and both countries are the subject of allegations of war crimes in the war in Yemen. The ABC this week revealed photographs of shipments going direct to the United Arab Emirates and Saudi Arabia, transferred by a US transnational intermediary transport company. The International Campaign to Abolish Nuclear Weapons has published their new updated report, which explains how and why Australians must choose humanity by joining the Nuclear Weapons Ban Treaty. Choosing Humanity is being launched in nine cities across Australia and features contributions from the former President of the Australian Human Rights Commission, Professor Gillian Triggs, ACTU President Michelle O'Neill, Federal Parliamentarians, Faith Groups and Nuclear Test Survivors. The Australian Government has accepted this latest request from the United States without question or debate in its usual lapdog manner. The Osman Summit was held in Sydney on the 4th of August and at that conference involving the Defence and Foreign Affairs Ministers of the United States and Australia, US Secretary of State Pompeo requested that Australia join the United States in an operation to patrol the Straits of Hormuz, 
allegedly to keep the shipping lanes open and the Australian Government has obediently complied. Predictably, the Labor Party has agreed to this military deployment without question or parliamentary debate. The Prime Minister, of course, needed some excuse for agreeing to this US request. He claimed it will help to de-escalate the crisis with Iran and will assure the continued shipment of oil via the Straits of Hormuz. Australia being heavily dependent on these oil shipments. The effect of sanctions on ordinary people. Why do powerful governments celebrate their ability to cause human suffering in order to bring about a desired political change? The West, led by the United States, has become the initiator and prosecutor of significant pain and suffering and is continuing to advance policies that increase anguish and hardship for the innocent people in many countries. These innocent civilians, many of them children, are left starving without medical care and are forced to live in fear due to the horrible conditions placed on them by the Western world. Much of this agony is due to brutal economic sanctions being imposed against countries that do not bow to the dictates of the Western countries. What does the West seek from these horrendous sanctions? Regime change or major policy change? It seems evident that those implementing these suffering do take satisfaction in their ability to cause pain in order to gain power. The mantra of sanctions has become the norm. It is even anticipated and desired by not only the political class, but by many in the general population as well. Why is this so? Is it due to false beliefs? Or is it because of the fear that without these sanctions, other countries might rise up to be aggressors, threatening our national security? Is it because by destroying others economically, they will be more prosperous? Does the average person really believe that sanctions will prevent these countries from attaining weapons of mass destruction? Or do many in the general public also take pleasure in witnessing human suffering at the hands of their rulers? People often ask and hint at the similarities between the Hong Kong protests and the French Yellow Vests. There is no comparison between the two movements, except they are protests but for widely different reasons and serving widely different agendas. The Yellow Vests can in no way be associated with the Hong Kong protests, which are equal to US-funded colour revolutions. The Yellow Vests' leaders are fighting against the French government that stealing the legitimate income in the form of all sorts of taxes and keeps a minimum wage on which French families cannot survive. All of this has nothing to do with the Washington-funded Hong Kong protests that are directed on Washington's behalf against the government of mainland China. The French Yellow Vests know what they are fighting for. The Hong Kong protesters, most of them, follow few leaders under false pretenses against their country, against Beijing. Many of the protesters are pro-Westerners 
they sing the United States national anthem and wave the British flag, the flag of their colonialists. Funding to destabilize Hong Kong had already started in 1994, three years before the official handover of Hong Kong by the United Kingdom to the Beijing government. Way before the official date of returning Hong Kong in 1997 to the People's Republic of China, PRC. The Hong Kong stuff is clearly a US instigated. Color Revolution, just like the Umbrella Movement in 2014. Climate Strike We are facing climate crisis and already hurting from the impacts of climate change. Yet we have elected a government that wants to allow for new coal, oil and gas projects that put all of us at risk. Julian Assange's arrest is a threat to press freedom. The US government has used fraudulent distortions to imprison Julian. Julian Assange, the man who had helped expose a litany of crimes and the in-your-face corruption of the world's most powerful people and governments, was pulled from the embassy of the country where he not only holds citizenship but has been granted asylum. With Assange now in UK custody, his fate will mirror our own, as Assange's fate and that of journalists around the world, as well as the public itself, are increasingly intertwined. After all, those who are after Assange and seek to rob him of his freedom, the US Empire, the Deep State, the Shadow Government, the Global Elite, etc., are after our freedom as well. On November 10th, we celebrated CICD's 60th anniversary. We had a number of great speakers and the event was a success. This is the last program for 2019. However, we will continue to present alternative news throughout the holiday period and we will return to our normal program from Sunday 2nd of February 2020. On behalf of CICD committee, we would like to wish you all a happy holiday and enjoyable and peaceful 2020. I'm Romina Betson and Andrew Irving. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.